Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The Bible tells us that God wants to bring real change into our lives. Not only that, but the Bible assures us that we can change and that as we do change, every one of us can do what God wants us to do. God will never ask you or me to change and not provide the power, the resources, the opportunities to do that. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that if you're wise enough to change, not only will it be good in your life, but it will eventually encourage those around you to change as well. On the other hand, if you refuse to change, you'll discourage other people from changing. Scripture warns against this, but also provides a promise for those who make the right choice and to take it to heart. Every day, God will give us opportunities to change, grow, serve Him, and be productive. His word is filled with indispensable lessons for living, and whoever heeds his instructions will prosper and be blessed by him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 17, with part one of our message entitled, Wise Enough to Change. Let's turn to Proverbs, if you will, chapter 10, verse 17. We have learned, if you're going to fly, and by the way, I believe it's safe, go for it. If you're going to fly, you're going to change. You used to be able to hop on there 10 minutes early, drop you off at the place, run in, drop your bag, off you went. And no more. About two hours. You're in long lines. They're going through everything. Your baggage is checked. They have people that are just absolutely opening your bag and going through all of it. If you happen to try to go through the counter with one of these in your pocket, it's a nail clipper. Guess what? You've just lost it. They take it. A shaver they take. All kinds of new rules and regulations. If you're smart and you want to fly... You're going to have to learn to adapt to change in our lives. And to be very honest, I'm going to give you my goals, but one of the goals is for you to change in an area that God will point out to you. And I'm going to ask you to write it down tonight when you leave. So those of you that don't have a pen, you're in trouble. You'll have to borrow one. But I'm going to ask you to do that. You see, you and I, there probably is a change in our way of thinking because of this. Anything is now possible. You can't hardly think of anything in your mind that's impossible now. I mean, anything is possible, and it continues on. So if we're going to be effective in our lives, we need to change. Let me ask you some questions tonight, simply this. 
Is change in my life really needed now? Am I wise enough to really change and then continue to change? Can I really change? Who is responsible for the changes in my life? What changes does God want me to make now? And of course, I'm not talking about not taking your shaver or a clipper on the airplane. I'm talking spiritually tonight. Here's the things that I want you to look. And here's, here's the design for the teaching tonight, the Bible study. Write them down. Let's see if we accomplish these three as we leave. Number one, what do I want you to know? I want you to know that God wants to continue to change us. In the spiritual area of our life, that's a given. We know that throughout the Word of God. Number two, what do I want you to do? I want you to learn to be flexible as well as myself and really change. And number three, how do I want you to feel when you leave tonight? I want you to feel fresh and vibrant, alive, because you're growing and changing. So there'll be one area that I'll want you to focus on, and God will point that out to you as we go through our teaching tonight. So just remain open to what he wants to say to you. We're going to say two words tonight quite often during our teaching, and I just want you to say those with me tonight. Fresh and flexible. Let's say it. Fresh and flexible. Fresh and flexible. I'm going to give you six keys. Here's the first one. God has designed us to continually change. You see, the Bible is filled with indispensable lessons on living. The Bible tells us that God wants to bring real change into our lives. Not only that, but the Bible assures us that we can change. And that as we do change, every one of us can do what God wants us to do. God will never ask you or me to change and not provide the power, the resources, the opportunities to do that. So, first of all, God has designed us to continually change. Look at Proverbs 17, verse 10. This is the wisest man in the world giving us some interesting comments. I'm going to ask you to turn there and then also to one other Passage, and I'm going to give you two other verses that you can look up later at home. Proverbs 17.10 says this, He who heeds discipline shows the way to life. Proverbs 10.17, did I give you the wrong one? Well, change, change. Proverbs 10.17. He who heeds discipline shows the way to life. But whoever ignores correction leads others astray. So if you're going to be wise enough to change, not only will it be good in your life, but it will eventually encourage other people to change in a positive way. If you refuse to change, you will produce or discourage other people from changing. Many, many years ago, we used to have a saying like this in the church. Rebels reproduce rebels. You see, if you're going to be a follower of God, then you'll produce another follower of God. But if you're going to be a rebel and you won't change, you'll likely influence other people to join you. Now turn to Proverbs 16, 
20. As you turn there, you can write a couple others down quickly. Proverbs 12.1, which says this, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction, I love the NIV, is stupid. <laughs> Pretty plain, huh? And Proverbs 13.13 13 is another one for you to write down. It says this, He who scorns instruction will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. Well, look at Proverbs 16.20. Whoever gives heed to instruction... Well, what does it mean to give heed to instruction? It means that when, you're, when I'm asked to change, when you're asked to change, we change. If I do that, whoever gives heed to instruction, what happens in my life? I prosper. Look at the expansion of this. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. So, first of all, you have to realize tonight God wants to change your life. He wants to change my life. And it's not a simple process of here, it's an ongoing change forever. Now, I can trust God with how he wants to change my life. That's what that verse says. I can totally trust him. So when he gives me an opportunity to change, and he puts something in front of me that's bigger than I am, but he wants me to go for it, I can trust him. And as I do step out in faith, and it requires faith, then I will be blessed I will be prosperous, as this verse basically says. Now, these four simple verses that I gave you remind us tonight that God's Word is filled with instruction and correction. If we heed the Word, as we teach tonight, and obey it, and make the necessary changes, then we'll be blessed and prospered. Every day, God will give us more opportunities to change, grow, Serve him and be productive. Here comes to point number two. This one you must write down and understand. We cannot change or fix anyone. Only God can. Now this truth is very frustrating. If you're married and you've been married one hour, You've learned this principle already. But the sad part is this. If you've been married 43 years, you're still trying to learn it. Is that right? Now, my wife isn't here tonight. Don't you tell on me. Do you think I'm wise enough to understand the principle I just, that, that there's no way I could ever change my wife? And I've given up long time ago. I'm still trying. Do you know what? She's still trying to change me. And you know what? We're both failures. Are you? Yeah. Now, those of you that have teenagers tonight, <laughs> this is another great challenge. Teenagers trying to change the parent. Good luck. Parent trying to change the teenager. Good luck. You heard it. I mean, it's not going to be there. Now, seriously, as a pastor, this is very frustrating. My desire would be, as I teach, that I could, I could change you. I mean, it's a great desire. I would love to have that ability, but it never happens. The only change 
that ever happens in your life is through God. Now, I present the word of change. I can challenge you as I'll do tonight to change, but I cannot change you. By the way, I can't change myself. Only God can. So, as you think about that principle, don't give up. Just realize a couple important things. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. Just like this. I can't change you, and you can't change me, but God can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is that true? It's exactly true. God can. Point number three. Point number three. Turn to Proverbs 27, 12. Proverbs 27, 12. We cannot change or fix anyone. Only God can. Point number three. God will not change us unless we give him permission. Look at Proverbs 27, 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. This verse reminds me of my favorite definition of insanity that I found many years ago. If you've been coming to this church a while, you've already written it down, but it's good to remind yourself. Here's what it is. Here's a great definition of insanity. Continuing to do what you've always done and expecting a different result. You see, we live by that. And when you see people doing that, you, you want to say, what are you, crazy? Yes. You see, if there's a habit in your life that you want to change, but you continue to do the very same thing again and again and again, you're crazy. I'm crazy. Let me give you an example. A hard one. You're a Christian. You begin to date an unbeliever. You fall in love with the non-believer. You marry the non-believer. You live a few years and you're divorced. Shouldn't you have learned something from that disaster? Yes. So what do we find people doing? In the very next relationship, with all the encouragement from different people, we say this, make sure you don't repeat that disaster. Well, how do I not repeat it? Number one, don't date an unbeliever. If you don't date an unbeliever, you won't marry an unbeliever. Is that right? That's right. So what do we find the people doing? Dating an unbeliever. And lo and behold, I get this announcement. Would you please counsel us? Who is us? Well, it's he or she. And I know eventually they're going to come to the Lord. And I want to say to them, read this definition. Because in two years from now, you're going to walk through the same disaster you already did. Why have you cut off your head? Now, that holds true for every one of us in every situation of our life. And sometimes we're all crazy. We just keep doing the same destructive habit and expect something different to happen. It isn't going to happen. That's what this verse says. This verse basically says there's a stop sign here. And God's word says to us, there's a stop and don't go there. Well, we just ignore the stop sign and keep on going. That's the verse you just read in Proverbs. It says the prudent see it and go, whoa, 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 stop. But the fool goes, hey, cool, stop sign. Let's just keep right on going. 
Now, what does that mean? It means this. The third point was this. That God could force you to change, but he won't unless you're willing and you give him permission. That's why we have the strongest, the most powerful thing that God has given any of us tonight, not only in salvation, but in our daily life, is called free will. You've chosen to come tonight. You chose. Now, some of you were kind of forced, but you're young enough to be forced, but eventually you'll have to make a choice. And so what we try to do in our services is to make them enjoyable and exciting because God's word is. And then when these teenagers get old enough, they don't drop out of church because they see it's the answer to life. That's the goal. But I can't change you, teenager. I can't change you as a parent. I can't change me. Only God can change us, but he won't change us unless we let him. Now, parent, you can force your kids to come. And I believe you ought to do that until they're out of the home. But at that point, as you ask them to come, you can't change them. They have to open their heart individually, just like you as a parent do. So here we're here tonight. Every single one of us are here. Now, we already learned God wants to change us. We're at number two, that you can't change yourself. The world's trying to do that today. We're going to try to be better people. It doesn't work. Only God can do it. And number three, God won't do it unless I allow him to do it. So we're back to the heart again. We're back to that area where I have to say to God, okay, I'm willing to do that. Point number four. Turn to Proverbs 29, verse 25. Real change starts with Christ on the inside and then shows outwardly. Look at Proverbs 29, 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You see, tonight, we don't have to fear any terrorists. We just have to trust in the Lord. And what that simply means is this. How can I do that? Because I have a relationship on the inside with God. Now, God has placed within every man and every woman eternity in our hearts. We know that life doesn't make sense without God. Every person, when it comes down, knows that life just doesn't make sense without God. That, that's not something church put in it. That's not something you got from reading your Bible. When man was created, God put within man a desire to know him. And this change that's beginning to take place is happening because we thought we were secure. We thought, really, life just went on and on and on and on. Think tonight how quickly things change. Why? Because now people realize life is short. There are no guarantees. There's just no guarantees. And we haven't seen the end of it yet. That's why I say to you tonight, we'd have to be fearful, but we better be changing, ourselves included, as we look at our lives. We better be evaluating our lives in the perspective of eternity. Number five, Proverbs 29.1. Turn there, if you will. To change, we must remain flexible. To change, we must remain flexible. Look at Proverbs 29.1. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Inflexible people resist change. 
that is essential for growth, for maturity, and for progress. Now, on the other hand, flexible people welcome change. And as a result, we are always in the process of growing and maturing and progressing in the things of God. So we have to say to ourselves tonight, am I inflexible or flexible? Even as I opened the teaching tonight and I said to you, okay, before you leave, we're all going to write one thing down that we're going to change as God's going to point out my, no way I'm writing nothing down. What do you think I am here? Hi, stiff-necked. How are you? You doing all right? Listen to the verse I just read. Dangerous thing. So if I'm going to be used, I have to remain flexible. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. We'll be there a couple times tonight. Matthew chapter 9. There's some interesting things that occur in this verse. I don't have time to give you the background other than just a cursory overview. Jesus is beginning to contrast his ministry with the ministry of Judaism. The rituals, the form, the law that man had taken to the nth degree and basically made it impossible. In Matthew 9... Verse 17, we read this, Jesus speaking, Neither do men pour new wine in old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins, well, they'll be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Jesus was a master at practical illustrations. What he was saying is in Bible times, you didn't have your mason jars. You didn't have your solid containers. Water and wine and liquids were preserved and stored in these animal skins. They'd take these animals, they'd skin it, they'd turn it inside out, they would do some kind of a preserving on the inside before they turned it inside out. They would sew up all the legs or hands or whatever, the arms, whatever were there. They would leave an opening, usually the neck, and they would sew that up and so they could tie it off. That was the spout. That was the container. Now, over time, as Jesus is talking about this, he would say this, that as this container is used over and over and over and over again, pretty soon, it became brittle and it would be not pliable like it would still hold stuff but it wouldn't be pliable like it used to be so if you took new wine which is the new grape juice and you put it in that older wine skin what happened is new wine preserves okay so not only have we learned that God's designed us to continually change but only he can do the changing We've all experienced the agony of defeat when we try and do it on our own. It's just never going to happen. In a misguided effort, we then focus our attention to change those around us, taking frustration to a whole new level. Remember, God will not change us or them until He's given the go-ahead. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Are you saved, satisfied, and stuck in your walk with God? Salvation wasn't intended for this kind of fruitless living. Jesus offers a new joyful lifestyle by simply following God on a daily basis. The key to this is being flexible to allow the transformation that needs to happen. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, we'll learn that real change is a healthy habit that requires godly discipline and the right focus. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear 